Welcome to the Functional Medicine Podcast with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. We're coming to you from McMinn Clinic in Birmingham, Alabama, where Dr. McMinn is an integrative and functional MD, and Lindsay Matthews is a registered nurse and IIN certified health coach. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest information on a wide range of topics in the field of functional medicine, which looks for the root cause of disease, and integrative medicine, which incorporates both conventional and alternative therapies. Our overall goal is to help you be the best that you can be in mind, body, and spirit. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without approval from your personal doctor. And now... On to the show with Dr. McMinn and Coach Lindsay. And welcome back to the Functional Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jim McMinn, and we're honored to have you with us today. I'm here with my co-host, health coach, and my BFF forever, <laughs> the one and only Nurse Lindsay Matthews. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. McMinn. We're so excited to be back with you listeners. And today we're excited about our topic. But before we get going, I'd like to ask you listeners a favor. Head on over to iTunes, leave us a review and some comments, please. That really does help us get the word out and grow our show. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there as well. Thank you in advance. We're excited for you to be on board. All right. Well, our topic today is a common and important complaint that we hear about often in the clinic, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those patients out there with little ones listening, let me warn you that today we're going to be using the V word uh, in this podcast. Yes, this is a more mature podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> the vagina is the forgotten organ. It's not just a hole, it's an organ. There we go. So in our society, we don't like to talk about what's going on down there. And women are expected to just cowgirl up and suffer in silence. (laughs) So since women don't often bring it up and doctors are oftentimes in a hurry to stay on schedule, um, it's kind of that don't ask, don't tell policy when it comes to vaginal health. It goes ignored. So on our intake form here at the clinic, we ask every single woman about vaginal health. And what we found out is that there is an epidemic of vaginal dryness out there. It seems like Dr. McMahon, we could just open up a clinic only for vaginal dryness we did. We <laughs> and did. stay busy. Um, we'd have a, a lineup all around the block waiting to be seen. So today we're going to pull back that veil and talk openly about the vagina and vaginal health. And specifically, we want to address vaginal dryness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, it may sound like a trivial problem, but it's really not, Coach. Uh, dryness often leads to atrophy, and this is associated with an increased incidence of things like uh, urinary tract infections, urinary incontinence, uh, also known as leakage. And today we're going to talk about uh, some of the causes and try to give some practical solutions for vaginal dryness. Eventually, we'll uh, plan on maybe circling back around, uh, maybe on our next podcast, to talk about what I call the vaginal ecosystem, and, and that we'll talk about things like microbiome, that kind of stuff, pH. Uh, all that good stuff, Uh, just uh, overall vaginal health above and beyond the the dryness issue. And um, I think that has to do with, you know, why someone would get frequent uh, things like yeast infections or maybe they vacillate between yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis. So hopefully we'll shed some light on that in our next podcast. Yes, I look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So dryness specifically can lead to pain with intercourse, um, which then, of course, causes low libido. Nobody wants to do it if it hurts all the time. And then... 
then that spills over to relationship issues and marital discord. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really not so small of an issue here. Yeah, it's not, is it? I, I, I never forget one time, Coach, I had this lady who came to see me, and uh, she had terrible dryness uh, to the point of, you know, you can have ripping and tearing with intercourse, and it's just awful. And so it was a real mismatch. I mean, she actually had a lot of atrophy um, to the point where the the hole was actually closing up. And her husband, on the other hand, he was on testosterone and Viagra. So he wanted it three times a week, and it was a terrible mismatch. Uh, and, and unfortunately, he was being cared for, but but she was not. Mm. Um, and and uh, she said to me, in, in all earnesty, she says, Dr., I would like to hire a concubine to live in the basement to service my husband <laughs> because oh, she was yeah. so miserable and it was right. so painful for her. Oh, uh, you know, she wanted her husband to be pleased and, and uh, have his needs met, but uh, she, it was just uh, almost impossible for her. So it really put her in a bad situation. Mm. So I'm just saying, I, I think that it, 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 it's a really big deal and needs to be uh, needs to be dealt with. Um, there was also a, a really interesting uh, patient that came to see me uh, that I'd like to kind of reiterate. I think I might have mentioned this to, before on the podcast, but it. It, it, it kind of it, um, exposes a really important point here. Um, and her chief complaint was C. diff, uh, which right. uh, is potentially life-threatening gut infection. So in functional medicine, we're always trying to put our thinking cap on and ask the question, why? Well, why did she have C. diff, Right. Right. Why? Why did she have C. diff? There we go. And uh, thanks for asking, Coach. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, she had C. diff because she was on so many antibiotics over the years. But Dr. McMinn, why was she taking so many antibiotics? Good question, Lindsay. The reason was because she had frequent urinary tract infections. Well, Dr. Mack, why did she have so many UTIs? Well, there we go, Coach. We're peeling back the layers of the onion, which is what we do right. in functional medicine. Yes. And she had frequent UTIs because she had vaginal atrophy and dryness. Isn't that mm. interesting, Coach? So once again, we think of this as a trivial thing, but ultimately that led to her C. diff. Uh, but none of her doctors uh, uh, along the way had ever thought about the vaginal dryness issue. They just kept uh, pouring antibiotics at her and treating her C. diff. So the mm. point of this why exercise to emphasize the vaginal dryness is not just a benign condition to be ignored. Um, it should be asked about. It should be screened for. Um, and like we screen for things like osteoporosis and have you had your mammogram and it should be aggressively treated. Mm, I think that's excellent point, Dr. McMinn. Um, and, you know, Dr. McMinn, you know, I'm, I'm not a radical feminist, but it seems to me to be an example of sexism in medicine. There's a lot of that, Lindsay. <laughs> if we had vast numbers of men's penises atrophying, <laughs> then I guarantee we would be doing something about that. You know, you're right, Coach. I think Congress would declare a national emergency, wouldn't we? So, <laughs> yes. Uh, but now in our clinic, a vaginal dryness is not an emergency, but we certainly, once again, screen for it. Right. We take it seriously and we treat it. Um, and for some women... Um, it is their chief complaint. Uh, uh, others never mention it, but because we screen for it on the intake form, every single woman who comes into our clinic, it's identified and uh, dealt with. You know, it just amazes me, Dr. Mack, that GYN doctors aren't attending to this. Mm-hmm. If And if the GYN doc is not going to face up to it, then who whose ballpark does it land in? There we go, Coach. Who owns it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, there we go. I think uh, in our, I don't know, puritanical society, we just try to sweep it under the rug and not talk about it. It's kind of something down there. But, uh, um, you know, I want to reiterate, Coach, uh, that I have great respect for my GYN colleagues. Of course. Uh, um, and uh, unfortunately, most most of them have to just see scores of patients every day. I have a 
good friend. Uh, she is a GYN doctor. She sees 50 patients every day. And she just has time to come in the room, do the pap, do the breast exam, and boom, she's out. She has to go into the next patient. Right. And that, that includes all the medical records she has to do and all the phone calls and all that kind of stuff. So they just don't have time to, to ask about it. Yes. If the woman doesn't complain about it, then uh, they often are not going to ask about it. Right. And, I think- and these women are often then left to suffer. And then I think women ourselves, sometimes we don't know how to advocate for ourselves mm-hmm. or we just accept something as a normal progression mm-hmm. where it doesn't have to be normal. Right. Pat on the back, I'm just getting older, right? Right, Yeah. right. Um, so let's just briefly elucidate on the causes of vaginal dryness. So the main cause by far is, of course, the loss of hormones, the decline in hormones, particularly estrogen, because estrogen plays that role in maintaining normal lubrication, elasticity, and even acidity of the vaginal tissues. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there that is by far the main cause, but other causes include things like breastfeeding, Childbirth, certain drugs like allergy meds, cold meds, um, antidepressants, um, alcohol and smoking cigarettes uh, can also contribute to dryness. Likewise, um, uh, uh, hydration. You know, we're always talking about uh, abundant hydration is one of the sort of foundations yes. of good health. And this applies uh, to vaginal dryness as well. Uh, so um, that, that's really important. And then there's certain medical conditions that could also play a role in dryness. So um, immune disorders like Sjogren's syndrome or if if someone has had their ovaries removed or perhaps they've experienced radiation therapy and or other and or certain other cancer therapies, especially ones that are anti-estrogen in nature where they've used medicines to decrease that estrogen level. And then ladies, we got to say douching is a no-no when it comes to vaginal health. And that's probably something that we visit again when we talk about the whole ecosystem mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. But douching could contribute to um, a lot of problems, including dryness. Yeah, I just one quick word on Sjogren's syndrome, uh, for those who are not aware of it. It is a, a really interesting and, and actually quite common um, autoimmune disease um, that causes especially dryness of the eyes, dryness of the mouth, uh, sometimes dry vagina, even sometimes dryness of the, the mucous membranes of the colon. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really interesting, uh, but uh, uh, and, and as I said, probably more common than we realize. But when it comes to therapy, uh, Coach, uh, the sooner the better. You don't want to wait till you have severe atrophy before you begin therapy. Uh, outcomes are much better if you nip it in the bud. Women tend to go through menopause at about 51 years of age on average, and some women go through menopause many years earlier. However, the perimenopausal phase of your life starts many years earlier than that, like 10 or 15 years prior. So perimenopause is when the hormones begin to decline, and a woman can be symptomatic with things like hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, but she has not hit that rock bottom yet, which would be menopause. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, many women... Uh, if not most, uh, they know if they have vaginal dryness uh, since they have the pain with intercourse. However, a lot of my patients uh, don't really know. Uh, um, uh, let's say, for instance, they're mm-hmm. not sexually active. Uh, uh, and um, uh, often their GYN will tell them if they have uh, dryness or signs of atrophy. Um, so other signs to look for, symptoms that could raise a suspicion of vaginal dryness would be soreness, burning, itching around the vagina, urinary leakage, mild vaginal discharge, urinary frequency, or repeated UTIs. So for those women who are sexually active, they might experience some light bleeding after intercourse as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what to do, Coach? Uh, in functional medicine, as you know, we're always trying to re- treat the root cause or the why of the problem. So uh, um, 
If you go through some of the causes of vaginal dryness, as we already mentioned, then you uh, might try to apply those and uh, you'll want to start addressing those root causes. For instance, um, consider cutting back on cold medicines and allergy meds and hydrating better if that applies to you. Also, as a general rule, we want to avoid those scented soaps and lotions, perfumes, and again, douching, because those can aggravate and make this problem worse. Mm -hmm. Now, um, for the vast majority of women, the root cause is the loss of hormones, especially estrogen. So addressing this root cause uh, is going to be probably the most definitive treatment for these women. And there's a lot of great options out there as mm -hmm. far as addressing those hormonal, um, that hormonal loss. So you could do hormonal replacement therapy with systemic hormones. And we always recommend a balanced regimen there of bioidentical hormones. We've done some great podcasts on that, particularly number 13. And bioidentical um, is the key word, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Bioidentical, um, chemically identical to what your body produces. So we will not go into that in detail on this podcast, Um what we will kind of transition to is we could also talk about topical hormone application to vaginal tissues. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we said, estrogen is the hormone that uh, is usually the crux of this matter. Uh, so it's uh, often the focus of our therapy. Uh, there are three types of estrogen. The estrone, which is also called E1, estradiol, which is called E2, and estriol, which is E3. We never use estrone for this purpose. It's often considered the bad estrogen. However, we do uh, often use the estradiol or the estriol for this purpose. Estradiol is the main hormone that affects things like hot flashes and night sweats. So topical application of this can be very effective for vaginal dryness. However, there's some women who don't need or want estradiol, for instance, women who have a history of breast cancer. And so for those women, estriol would also be effective, but also considered safer. Yeah, there's a really good book out there I, I ran across years ago called Keeping Abreast. I think the author is Khalid Mahmoud. I'm not sure exactly how to spell that. But uh, anyway, uh, um, he says that estriol is actually breast protective. Uh, and I think uh, most of my GYN colleagues and oncologists that I share patients with do seem to be pretty comfortable using estriol, uh, but not estradiol in a woman with a history of breast cancer. And I think that's important, Lindsay, because I think sometimes uh, um, there's a sort of knee-jerk reaction that if a woman has a history of breast cancer, she can't use any estrogen. Estrogen. But uh, in this case, once again, I think that most people are pretty comfortable using the estriol. So these women do not have to suffer with vaginal dryness. Yay, that's good news. So um, estriol and estradiol creams can be applied as a topical compounded cream. Most women can just apply it um, locally there to the inner labia of the vagina. And if they have leakage or UTIs, then they could also apply it to the periurethral area. Um, however, for some women, they may also need to insert it deeper into the vagina in, an or in order to get complete relief, and that can be done via an applicator, which is usually dispensed by the compounding pharmacy along with the prescription. Um, Estrace cream is a big pharma version of estradiol, and that can be obtained at any pharmacy uh, and is usually covered by insurance. Premarin cream is also available for this purpose, but again, we want to make that differential here. It's not bioavailable. And by that, we mean it's a type of estrogen. The type of estrogen in Premarin is not chemically identical to human estrogen. So we don't recommend that. That's right. So, But there are other ways uh, to locally increase estrogen uh, in these tissues. For instance, the estring... Uh, uh, which is an estrogen-impregnated flexible ring uh, that your doctor inserts into the vagina and is left in there for three months. Uh, and I've seen this uh, work quite well in many of my patients. It's usually covered by insurance, uh, and it can be attained at uh, just about any pharmacy. 
And then there's also a product called Invexi, which is an estradiol suppository that a patient can insert at night before bed. And likewise, Vagifem is a tablet that's also inserted once a day um, with an applicator. You can get these at any pharmacy. It doesn't have to be compounded, and they are typically covered by insurance. And also, Coach, we found over the years that with our thousands of patients who've complained about this problem, that topical androgens, which include testosterone and DHEA, may also play an important role here. Um, I've often uh, ordered a compounded cream with estrogen, like, for instance, estradiol or estriol, along with an androgen component in the same cream. The androgens seem to be very helpful to prevent uh, uh, or treat urine leakage, which is also called incontinence, especially in the context of the woman doing things like uh, Kegel exercises or pelvic floor therapy. So check out our podcast number 16 to learn more about that. But quite frankly, I've seen some miracle cures with it uh, over the years uh, with women with incontinence. doesn't work for everybody, but for some women, it's just pretty amazing. Um, The patients... uh, um, um, find that uh, it can really help with that leakage issue. Um, The choice of androgen uh, that I recommend depends on the labs and on the patient's concerns, such as uh, low libido. DHEA also comes in a prescribed big pharma preparation called Interosa, uh, and that is a suppository. You can get that at most drugstores, and it's often covered by insurance. And again, uh, those big pharma things we mentioned are prescription items, so you'll have to get a script from your doctor. Um, there are a number of uh, over-the-counter re- uh, remedies uh, that can be helpful, such as Reverie uh, Vaginal Moisturizer or Reverie Suppositories. This is mainly a hyaluronic acid preparation. You can get this online, but it's uh, not covered by insurance, and it c- can be quite expensive. There are other natural over-the-counter creams that you can find in your drugstore or online, uh, such as Vulvacare, V-Magic, many others. Mm-hmm. However, the one that we've seen and become most familiar with is New Eve, and the ingredients are all natural. It's hormone-free. It's just like an oil suppository or cream. It comes in both ways. And we've literally had women tell us, please tell other women about New Eve. Share the news. Mm-hmm. So here we are, sharing the news. Um, again, you can find this online. However, be aware that when you're using lubricant such as petroleum jelly or mineral oils, those could damage condoms that are latex made and and also diaphragms used for birth control. So it mixing the two would cause an ineffective birth control. Yes, Coach, let me just clarify that New Eve is spelled N-E-U-E-V-E. A little bit of a funky spelling, but I just yes. want to make sure y'all can find that. Uh, once again, I've just had patients just rave about it. Uh, uh, So uh, we thought we'd share that with you. Uh, There's also Replens Vaginal Moisturizer, which is also available over-the-counter without a prescription. Um, And we've heard mixed results with this product. Uh, uh, Some women complain of sloughing of the vaginal tissues after using Replens. So uh, others seem to like it. So to each her own, and it might be worth a try. And another product out there is Egyptian Magic, and it's made up of all natural ingredients. It does have a good track record as a vaginal moisturizer as well. And ingested, uh, I'm sorry, ingested evening primrose oil or coconut oil can also help, uh, and a topical coconut oil can help as well. And the coconut oil can make a great lubricant for intimacy. Another option is compounded emollient vitamin E cream applied vaginally. If women are severely dry, then it may also help to do a sits bath at home once a day, followed by an insertion of that intrarosa suppository, that DHEA suppository, along with um, application of this compounded cream or Egyptian magic or even a Vaseline ointment. Mm-hmm. 
So just following that sits bath with those moisturizing creams. That's right. Uh, Mucinex is an oral expectorant, uh, and it can help to increase moisture. Um, it, the generic name is called guaifenesin, um, and um, I would not expect huge benefits from it, but it might help somewhat. It's over-the-counter um, and has a pretty good uh, low side effect profile. Um, be sure to get the plain mucinex and not the mucinex D or DM, which could actually be counterproductive to your goals of improving vaginal moisture. It's also worth noting that for those of you who are sexually active, using a good lube and plenty of it can be helpful. So there's many types of lube out there. We have silicone-based, water-based, and then we've got natural products like coconut oil. Each has their own advantages and disadvantages, and maybe another day we'll even do a podcast on Mm, that. Yeah, I think we could do a whole podcast on lubes, can we, uh, Coach? Mm -hmm. So uh, finally, let me say that there's a laser device out there. It's... um, being used under the banner of what they call vaginal rejuvenation. There are uh, several different companies that um, that do that. Um, uh, the one I'm most familiar with is called Mona Lisa Touch. That's uh, Mona Lisa, M-O-N-A, Lisa Touch. Um, but once again, there are other brands out there as well. Um, uh, we don't do that here at the clinic. I think a lot of your GYN doctors do it, uh, dermatologists do it, uh, et cetera. Um, just to be clear, it's not been cleared by the FDA. And in fact, um, they made a bold statement, uh, which uh, read as follows, quote, um, in addition to the deceptive health claims being made, the vaginal rejuvenation procedures have serious risks. They also went on to state that um, the deceptive marketing of unproven treatments may not only cause injuries, but may also keep some patients from accessing appropriate recognized therapies to treat severe medical conditions. However, in the real world, we've had quite a few patients who've had this procedure, and so far the reports have been generally positive, if not glowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps there there are out there other people that have had train wrecks with it, but we haven't really seen that just anecdotally. So just be sure that you have a trusted provider who knows what he or she is doing and that you discuss, understand, and are comfortable with the potential risks involved in in that procedure or any procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach, I, I've um, had quite a few patients who've had it, and, and it, it seems like it can help with a lot of things, the dryness, um, sometimes leakage, uh, sometimes uh, tightening, um, uh, lots of stuff. So uh, anyway, it's worth considering, uh, and uh, you'll have to talk to your provider who does that uh, since, once again, we don't do it. But um, anyway, uh, um, well, Coach, I think that'll about do it for this topic. As I said from the beginning, it's an important topic, uh, and like other women's issues, it's often uh, swept under the rug. So to the sisterhood of women out there, I hope this podcast has shed some light on this very important topic and important organ. That's a good wrap up. uh, And uh, that will about do it for this episode of the Functional Medicine Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us to you listeners. And we hope that we're able to shed some light on this important topic for you. Don't forget to check us out at functionalmedicinepodcast.com and mcminclinic.com. Also, please help the podcast grow by telling your friends and family about it. Share it on Facebook. Well, Coach, that'll about do it for this episode. You want to send us out on a pearl of wisdom? (laughs) Yeah, Dr. McMahon. You know, I think we should all expect and even demand that our providers take good care of our vaginas just as much as they take good care of our hearts and other body parts. And as an owner of a vagina... 
ladies out there, you should be aware of the status of your vaginal health. And don't be afraid to have a frank discussion about your concerns with your doctors. You don't want to end up like Dr. Mack's patient with C. diff one day or some other complication. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that pearl with us, uh, Coach. Uh, And uh, that will about wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, We sure appreciate it. This is Dr. McMinn. And this is Coach Lindsay Matthews. Take Take care care and be well. well.